There are many outside forces influencing your portfolio. The pandemic, geopolitical events, and certainly inflation. If you're feeling a little anxious about your pending retirement, stick around. We've got some tips to help bring that anxiety down. Let's just call it financial Xanax. Welcome in to Your Retirement with Sam Jules. It's time once again for Your Retirement for Dual Financial Strategies. I'm Chuck Caton along with the full studio of Sam Dool, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel. And we're here at your service to talk about retirement planning in the Fox Valley. And remember, their phone number is 866-203-7486. And I guess there is a lot of anxiety once in a while. Uh, Sam, uh, Andy, and Luke about people planning to retire in the near future because uh, maybe some are retired. Some of you might be transitioning into the post-work world and uh, might be uh, thinking uh, greatly about your investments Uh, But you shouldn't let outside forces that you can't control overwhelm your ability to prioritize. And that's the key. uh, Or to adjust so uh, you can uh, invest wisely. But don't be scared. Right, Sam? And don't give in to knee-jerk reactions. Because if there's one thing that's good about sports, you have to play with emotion. But when you're playing the game of retirement planning, you have to cut emotion out of it, don't you? You have got to absolutely do that, Chuck. And that is the number one. I mean, if you want a certain kiss of death, inject emotion into retirement planning. I mean, inject emotion into any type of investing and you're going to lose, period. That's just the way that it is. That's emotion is the number one uh, determining factor for how well you invest. Believe it or not, that is what comes in number one because you you make these decisions that are based entirely upon a negative emotion or a positive emotion i just had one of our uh, third party managers the other day made a comment he said if your barber or your doctor is telling you about an investment right now you can be guaranteed that it's absolutely too late because things build you get all hyped up and then you want to get in you always want to get in when the market's going straight up and then when the market's going down, you get scared out of your mind, you pull the plug, just in time for all of the institutional people who do this without emotion like we do, to jump in and say, good, everything's on sale at the mall right now, everything is 40% off, I'm going on a buying spree. So my advice to you, turn off the mainstream media, turn off the financial news. Do you know when you're listening to the financial news that most of those folks aren't financial? Do you know that the vast majority of, they, of the people that are on those financial shows are pay to play? They didn't call them and summon them because of their vast and deep not, uh, wealth of knowledge, folks. They paid to be on that program. These things are meant to stoke fear. It's meant to incite you to do something. And if you listen long enough or you read enough of the negative news, there's a great chance you're going to make an ill-advised, poorly timed decision, and then you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the timing and the emotion uh, certainly uh, has to be uh, held in check uh, because timing is everything. And also, Andy, uh, differentiate money between short-term and long-term investments because we all know that retirement isn't just a two- or three-year thing. Which shouldn't be. That's definitely not the goal. So, yeah, think about it in short-term, long-term. People tend to treat all of their money the same. The financial industry sets it up that way. It's how it trains advisors. For example, some advisors tell people, you know, if you've got a million dollars, then they can just withdraw a certain percentage of that money every year and be fine. But that approach tends to lead retirees to think that it's all one pot of money that works the same. 
And that's regardless of what type of account they have or using for savings or how the account is invested. I would I would ask yourself, what about different asset classes? And that even goes beyond different diversification. You hear that word thrown out there a great deal. So by separating your money this way, you can look at it not only in different asset classes, but what's the job for it? I mean, Sam's book, Purpose Determines Placement, the name says it all. What is the purpose for this money? Is it short-term, mid-term, long-term? What is it? What is its job? And therefore, what tools are out there and available to you that make the most sense for what you need it to do? That's a very different approach than just saying, oh, put all the money into one basket and take a certain percentage off of it. That percentage may not be sustainable. So we have to really look at this very detailed. Absolutely, you do. And I think, Luke, to uh, amplify on what Andy just said, uh, we have to look at uh, a lot of different income streams. We call it our different buckets uh, of money that we should uh, try to set up so that we're set up properly for retirement. Right. The more buckets we have that we can pull from, uh, the more we can alleviate some of that anxiety going into retirement. And, you know, something we see every day is that transition from you know, your working years um, into retirement can be very uncomfortable. But I think one of the big reasons for this is that so often those people that Sam's talking about that are talking on the financial news, they're talking about like a net worth number. They're talking about what do you have saved up and you need to have X in order to successfully retire. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what income do you have coming in? And is that all coming from one source? Is it coming from a variety of different places? Uh, but before retirement, you know, you got that steady paycheck from work, but now in retirement, you want to have as many different streams coming in. Um, so if you have social security, if you've got a fortunate enough to have a pension, maybe some rental, maybe a side business that you can carry through um, retirement. So shoring up these different retirement income streams gives retirees the comfort of knowing they have a certain amount coming in every single month, that mailbox money that we talk about. And that security can change the whole emotional outlook um, in retirement. So it can be key to have more confidence um, to do the things you want to do, the things that you've dreamed about doing. So focus more on income, not the net worth, um, and stop comparing to other people. I've recently met with a few people that were just comparing to what other people had saved up. And it's, um, you know, they don't have the same lifestyle, so they don't need the same amount of assets in their portfolio. Yeah. doesn't matter what your brother-in-law's done. Right. It really Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, and we, and we, another factor in income streams is just the the stock volatility that we see and this gets discussed every single night on the news and it leads to more emotional responses to that so yeah. if you have an income stream separate from the stock market you are not beholden to all the whipsaws back and forth of the stock market so have those income streams short up Absolutely. And that's why we call this your retirement. And that's why uh, the people at Dual Financial uh, Strategies can uh, help you. And again, that number is 866-203-7486. And Sam, uh, if we're going to invest, let's invest in quality companies for the long term. Because as we just said, uh, I don't think retirement is a short-term thing. Certainly we don't uh, hope it is. No, you don't hope it is. So it's it just kind of dovetails from what Luke was saying, because yes, you want multiple different income streams. You want to have a variety of things. You need to have some guaranteed income. You need to have some principal preserved uh, accounts. You need to have some cash. But there's nothing wrong with being in the stock market. It's just a matter of how am I positioned in the stock market? 
our belief is if you're going to be in the stock market, we believe that you should be in the stock market using what we call active tactical management, which moves positions and does change as conditions warrant. But the other thing that I believe very strongly in, folks, is that whatever you're doing in the stock market, it should be paying you. You should be getting a paycheck from that. Those are called dividends. So you should have a portfolio that's that's positioned in the stock market that is paying you to wait or providing you an income source, even if it's only a couple of percent. Well, that's a bit of a that's a volatility buffer. That's another form of income that you have because when you get paid dividends by a company, that's not based upon what the stock price is. That's based upon what the declaration from the company that the dividends is going to be. So you can and you can diversify across the spectrum today into good exchange traded funds. So you don't have to be just merely focused on or exposed to one company. You can still receive a nice level of dividends by being broadly diversified across good exchange traded funds that are focused on providing dividends and you start getting a portfolio like that put together instead of the five or six mutual funds that you've been peddled now you got something to take into retirement and live a good life with. absolutely true and andy again we must remember that uh, we have a partner in this business called the united states government and the state of wisconsin and so it's uh, very imperative to focus on being tax efficient it is. I mean, we spend a great deal of time talking about taxes. It is one of the things that you can control within your portfolio. Um, so, you know, which bucket of money are you drawing from? Were you in a position where your company offered a Roth or did they basically just have a traditional IRA that you got to participate in? Um, you're right. If, if it was primarily a traditional IRA or 401k, then ultimately what happens is you do have a partner not necessarily a favorable partner, but you do have a partner that you're going to have to make sure that they get paid. And you could probably easily figure out somewhere close to 20, 25% of that money is going to go away. So it's important that you be as tax efficient as you can and talk to people that are competent in those areas to be able to help you when planning for your retirement to make sure that you are the most efficient that you can be. Absolutely. And Luke, very quickly, you can let integrated planning help you make sound decisions, can't you? You can. I mean, a solid investment strategy is about more than just the portfolio and the return that you've been making. We've been talking about a lot of different areas here, um, like income, investment, and also the tax portion. Um, and so this is an area where advisors, where we at Dual Financial Strategies can really help you um, integrate all these different areas because most people aren't, most other advisors aren't doing this level of planning. And so when the paycheck from your work is gone, the, your portfolio needs to take over and do the work for you in retirement. And it's worth it to review your investments look at these on regular intervals and take advantage of the opportunities with income and investing in tax opportunities uh, that might be available to you and you don't know unless you take a look absolutely and sam how can they do that with you well giving us a call chuck you can give them the telephone number or give them the website and uh, just come in let's sit down and uh, and and have a chat we we formally call it the retirement lifestyle review but uh really folks it's just a chance for you to sit down talk with us about what you're trying to achieve um where you want to head to you know what are your thoughts on getting there and uh we'll just have a have a nice conversation for an hour or so and we can kind of at least get you pointed in the right direction and tell you you know here's what it looks like here's where you're going to you're okay or you're not okay you maybe still need to work a little longer or you're in control you're good to go uh, we can do some risk analysis on your portfolio really drill down and find out who you are uh, and instead of looking at you 
by the size of your savings account will look at you as a person and in the reality that everybody wants to retire everybody deserves to retire we just want to help you retire the best way possible given your situation absolutely and sam that phone number is 866-203-7486 that's uh, 866-203-7486 and remember when you meet with the fine folks here at dual financial strategies anywhere you're listening to us in the fox valley uh, it's no cost, no obligation. And uh, Sam, I think Andy alluded to this in the uh, segment earlier here, uh, that he's uh, printed the book. It's in the second printing right now of Purpose Determines Placement. And he'll give you a copy of that as well. And again, just come in, get to know them. Uh, they want to get to know you, and uh, maybe you'll be able to work together on your retirement. 866-203-7486 is the number. That's 866-203-7486. All right, Sam, we've got to take a break. What's coming up next? When we come back, we've got some inflation survival strategies to help you avoid derailing your retirement plan. We're back here for Dual Financial Strategies. Chuck Caton here. It is your retirement. And I don't know when it's going to stop snowing up there, but we are in the middle of April, and uh, the weather will break. Uh, I remember those days, by the way, when I lived in Madison, Wisconsin. It was very interesting. Uh, you never know. As, uh, you just never know. As Artie Shaw used to say on Laughing, but uh, what isn't very good here uh, is the inflationary uh, situation that we're dealing with, and that's what we're going to talk about here because inflation seems to be on everybody's mind these days. And the question that many retirees you might be asking out there is, will my money last? Well, CNBC's senior personal finance correspondent Sharon Epperson has the results of a new survey on inflation that uh, maybe sheds some light on that subject. NBC and Acorn survey finds nearly half of Americans say they think about rising prices all the time. And more than three quarters say they're worried higher prices will force them to rethink their financial choices. If higher prices persist, more than half say they'll cut back on dining out. 42% will cut back on driving, and 40% say they'll cancel a trip or vacation. From coast to coast, many consumers have already cut back. All right, thanks very much, Sharon. I don't know about you, Sam. I know you're an avid golfer. You're not going to quit driving, are you? You're going to just chip and putt? I don't know. But, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, retirees and those in the financial red zone, what do you do? Uh, you're five or six years away from retirement. Well, Sam, Andy, and Luke have some strategies here to help those in or near retirement weather that storm. And we don't mean a snowstorm. We mean the storm of retirement. So uh, is delaying retirement to your full retirement age for Social Security a prudent thing to do, Sam, in your estimation? Well, it could be. You know, that's that's one of the things that you have to look at, and that, that's one of the difficult decisions that starts to happen emotionally when you start to go to retire, because maybe, you you know, maybe you've had your mind set on 63, maybe you've had your mind set on 65, but your full retirement age isn't until age 67. Um, that 
could be a decision you might have to make. We can help you with that when we sit down and talk about it. But we are finding that more people are opting to just work a little bit longer. Um, and in particular, Chuck, even if it's not to full retirement age, typically 67 years old, awful lot of folks are, are um, making the decision for if it's a married couple for one or the other of them, or if it's single, uh, to keep working until at least 65 when Medicare kicks in, because uh, we're finding that pretty much about the number the number one singular uh, living expense that you're going to have when you retire, if you do that before 65, is going to be health insurance. Uh, so you've either got to adjust your income lower uh, so that you can qualify for Affordable Care Act subsidies, or you're going to have to go out of pocket on that, sometimes to the tune of thousands of dollars, um, or just keep working for a few more years, stash some more cash away, um, and be ready to uh, jump on Medicare at 65. Yeah, absolutely true. So uh, if we uh, are going to cut out our driving and just chip and putt, Andy, or uh, do some other things, maybe we ought to reconsider some of uh, your post-retirement goals and uh, what it cost you to do some of the things that uh, you wanted to do, but maybe inflation's cutting into it mentally. Well, that's for sure. I, when we look at, you know, changing locations possibly or purchasing a new home or, you know, going where the grandkids are, that can be challenging right now. I mean, yes, prices are up everywhere, but if they live in a different state, the prices might be significantly higher than what you can get for your home here. So you have to take that into consideration um, when considering a relocation or are you just looking at doing something part-time? And we've had some clients that have considered buying property down in Arizona or Florida, um, and they put that on hold for a little while. And, and to see it, it may just be a situation where you need to go down there and enjoy the winter months, maybe in a rental situation so that you're not paying an extremely high price for a home. That seems pretty overvalued right now. So just be conscious of those things that, you know, just because prices are up everywhere doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily get a good deal down south. And that's just something that you have to consider. All right. We're talking about inflationary fears here with Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, Luke Van Abel here of Duell Financial Strategies. And uh, what about repositioning your portfolio, Luke? Good idea here in this environment? This is a great time to start reviewing through your overall allocation, um, confirm whether you are investing appropriately given your time horizon, because, you know, you're coming into that time, folks, where you're in that retirement red zone. You're three to five years from retirement. Your attitude's starting to change. Your appetite for risk might be starting to change. So it's time to revisit, you know, what you've been doing and kind of that buy and hold strategy that you've had in that 401k and see if something else um might work for you, what other tweaks can be made. But you do want to keep in mind that while minor adjustments to counteract inflation may be in order at this time, don't dis be discouraged by the current market volatility and discard, you know, your strategy altogether. You know, don't just throw it right out the window. If you don't have a well considered strategy in place, maybe you're just looking at the past performance in your, your 401k and which ones have been doing the best. It might be time to consult with an advisor to help you navigate this uh, really unique time. Yeah, it really is true. And it goes back to what we said in the first segment. Don't be emotional about this. Don't just pull the plug on everything and go crazy because uh, uh, somebody told you this. And somebody, as Sam said, you're going to get a, a stock tip that'll be too late in most cases. And uh, of course, uh, another thing that uh, people look at is, boy, they have this uh, idea, maybe you're in your 50s, you've got kids in college, or maybe you're in your 60s and 70s and you want to help your grandkids go to college. 
Uh, should we be rethinking, Sam, the cost of higher education and what that'll do to our retirement and maybe balk at it a bit? You do have to, uh, and I would say this, whether it's for parents uh, that have children that are going to be headed towards college yet, you're in their 50s, as you said, Chuck, or, or grandparents that are going to uh, fund that, you have to be looking at your retirement, I think in a lot of cases, at least equal to and maybe even ahead of that. Um, and there's so many options for higher education today. Like there's a, you know, there's a lot of good educations that are being had today at uh, schools that do not have a marquee name on them, that mm -hmm. do not have a, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, a UW name in front of them. Um, and what's the, you know, what's, it's kind of like purpose determines placement in my book. What's the purpose of the education? You mm -hmm. know, if the purpose of the education is, is more trades oriented or something, then why do you need to spend a hundred thousand dollars to get a degree to go and ultimately be whatever that has mm -hmm. nothing to do with that degree that you just got. So I think you need to think about those sorts of things, but we have seen over the years, Chuck, people literally. Uh, parents and grandparents both we have seen them literally derail their own retirements uh, chasing after a degree for a kid that in a lot of instances we just kind of have to set back as a third party and just kind of shake our head and say that is makes no sense whatsoever but just think about it there's an awful lot of alternatives today uh, that may not involve that uh, you know that however many tens of thousands of dollars a year you're going to drop into that college program well that's true uh, the world needs some uh, good plumbers some great carpenters uh, and uh, people in I mean, the trades i mean you, you just said it best and you don't have to spend an arm and leg and you can make uh, of a pretty good money uh, you know a shorter period of time oh it's amazing about those skills i mean why not right we tell anybody that's if you're looking at the trades especially uh, I would highly recommend go to Micro Works if you guys uh, remember Micro from Dirty Jobs and all of that sort of stuff. But Micro Works is a he's got a, a trades scholarship program that's just phenomenal. The amount of money they give away every year. But you're right. I mean, Chuck, you can go out today and my goodness, if you're if you're a, a master plumber, master electrician, welder, right. all of that sort of stuff, yeah. a six figure income is not is out of question. It's mm -hmm. not out of question that's at right. all. Yeah, it's amazing. We need to steer more people there, men and women. By the way, we're not just absolutely. talking about the guys. Oh, and, for sure, absolutely. So, Andy, as we wrap up this segment here, uh, I guess the best thing to do for our listeners is I give that phone number again of eight six six two zero three seven four eight six is to seek the advice of a qualified financial advisor and. Uh, I know that uh, that is uh, sound advice uh, from our perch. Well, I agree. I'm hiring someone, and I think people get a little bit lost in this. When you have someone working for you, you really have to understand under what capacity are they working for you. Are they a fiduciary or are they a suitability advisor? That can make a big difference as to how they're going to position you in portfolios. Um, making sure, if, you know, where we come from, we voluntarily are a fiduciary. We think everybody that is in the financial world should be a fiduciary because that means you have to do what's in the best interest of the client all of the time. And I think that gets a little bit lost. I think if, you know, as people have a financial advisor, they think, oh, they have a financial advisor, obviously they're working in my best interest. And if they work for a company first, if that company is who pays them, then there is a difference in the way that they're going to invest for you because that company has to make sure that their shareholders or whoever they are taking care of, they come first. And so, when it comes to your money, making sure that you have someone that, that truly is a fiduciary and ask them, how do you get paid? That's, you know, everybody gets paid money, let's face it. But 
um, understanding that's not a taboo question. It is totally fair to understand where and how your advisor gets paid um, and what that means to you. Absolutely. So I think it's really important to investigate that and interview a number of advisors. Make sure you're comfortable with that person you're working with. And I think that, uh, Sam, you have an invitation for our listeners to come and uh, interview you. Yeah, that retirement lifestyle review that we do for you, thats we look at that as it's a nice visit, but we know you're interviewing us, and we believe that you should interview multiple different people. Um, I candidly believe after almost 22 years in this business that you'll choose us ultimately just because of our service level and the uh, breadth and depth of our expertise. But interview, talk about it. You need to be comfortable. This is a decision. If, if, if you're making a decision to hire somebody, to go into retirement, that should be just as long-term a decision as your uh, as your investments are. And the other thing to remember when you're interviewing advisors or interviewing us for that matter, there if you're, if you're a married couple, there's two people sitting at that table. And we have found that in the vast majority of cases, one person is usually the financial decision maker. They're usually the person that handles everything. And it's not uncommon for the other person to be somewhat disconnected from that. If you are the decision maker, and if you are the one that handles the finances, you need to be make, having uh, that conversation with that potential financial advisor, thinking towards what will this look like when I'm gone? Because remember, if you go first, everything is now going to fall into the lap of your spouse who was never very interested in this to begin with. So is there a relationship with that advisor with your spouse? Will they be able to handle it competently? And, and most of all folks, is it straightforward? Is it as simple as it can possibly be so that they can literally just flip the switch if something happens to you, continue forward down that path? Because the last thing in the world they want to do today is make those financial decisions. Don't put them in a position to where they have to make them at, might be the, at what might be the worst moment in their life. All right. So this is the invitation at no cost, no obligation to visit with Sam, Andy, or Luke at uh, Dual Financial Strategies. It's 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486. Get that no-cost, no-obligation interview. Interview them. Uh, They uh, are fiduciaries, as uh, uh, Andy said. They have your best interest in mind when it comes to retirement planning. Uh, So it's all about your retirement, and they'll give you that retirement lifestyle review when you feel comfortable after the interview to work uh, with Sam, Andy, or Luke. 866-203-7486. That's the phone number. And now we've got to take a break, Sam. What's coming up for the next segment? Chuck, there is a lot of confusion about annuities. And when we come back, we'll tackle some of the most frequently asked questions about this important tool in the Retirement Toolbox. We're back on Your Retirement. Chuck Caton here for Dual Financial Strategies uh, with Sam Duell, with Andy Schooler, and with Luke Van Abel. And uh, we're going to uh, talk about annuities, not annuals that you're planting sometime in the next couple of weeks, if you haven't already, uh, here in uh, uh, northeast Wisconsin, anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley. But we all need income in retirement, that's for sure. Uh, But most of us would rather put our money in uh, something we actually understand. I think most people would agree with that. Uh, But there's a lot of confusion about annuities, but they are uh, not bad words or that singular word. So uh, Sam, Andy, and Luke are going to uh, come up with some of the more commonly asked questions and answer them about how they work. And I know that uh, it is a uh, viable tool in the retirement toolbox, isn't it, Sam? But so uh, let's answer the question. How does an annuity differ from traditional savings or brokerage accounts? 
Well, that's exactly right. It is a tool, folks. It's nothing more than that. And we find that there is probably no more misunderstood tool, and there's also no more maligned tool than annuities. It seems like, in the at least in our world, people either love them or they hate them. And I've got to tell you, going to that extreme on either side of it with a financial tool is stupid. So if you've got someone you're working with and they just say, well, I just absolutely hate annuities. Well, they're stupid because they don't know what they're talking about. You have to understand these vehicles and how they work. First of all, how does it differ? The biggest place where an annuity differs is the taxable consequences with it. When you put money into a traditional savings account, a brokerage account, if it's not an IRA, you're absolutely free to pull that money out of there. However, any gains that you've had on that, any interest that you've made on it is subject to taxes immediately. And it's a different kind of tax. You're either taxed at short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains, preferred dividends, qualified dividends, things of that nature. On an annuity, that's a contract between you and an insurance company. And you can either you can have these things triggered for payments if you want to, or you can not ever take a payment out of it at all. But once you put the money in there, you are going to be limited to how much you can pull out without there being early withdrawal consequences. However, money that goes into an annuity is tax deferred. Now, there's no such thing as double tax deferred. Putting an IRA into an annuity does not give you like some sort of a double tax deferred basis. But if you have money that's not in an IRA, it's tax deferred. And when it comes out of there, it will be taxed as ordinary income. All right, let's talk, Andy, about what the benefits are to annuities. Well, annuities can certainly offer tax-deferred growth, so meaning you don't have to pay taxes every year. And even if your value of your annuity does increase year after year, you still won't pay taxes until you actually start taking distributions or withdrawals from it. So they can help protect at least your concerns from um, having to deal with taxes. And, and that can come into play if you are looking at um, the retirement side of things and need to qualify for those ACA subsidies, it can be helpful if you don't have that income coming in where you're paying additional taxes on it. So just be mindful. And there are different types of annuities. So understand the different types of annuities as well. Absolutely. And before we get into that, uh, we are going to talk, uh, Luke, about some of the uh, drawbacks to annuities, because I think they, uh, Andy led us into the, some of the types that Sam is going to get into. But there are certain annuities that uh, uh, have fees uh, associated with them that are very onerous. There are, Chuck. And I think, you know, Sam teed this up as a, you know, an annuity is a contract. So with a contract comes some unique terminology. And I think um, that can be a complicated sort of drawback to these is that, you know, there's different terms that are used um, associated with annuities. Um, and Chuck, as you alluded to, there are fees built into these plans that can be quite high. Um, and there's different layers from the mutual fund costs. If we're using a variable annuity, there's added enhancements that have fees. Um, oftentimes the broker that sold them to you, they're taking some sort of commission which is a fee so you want to understand what those are um, and furthermore if you attempt to take money out of an annuity too soon you can be hit with a surrender charge so you're under contract for a certain length of time so you're limited to the amount that you can take out without penalty that could be a drawback for some people i guess before we uh talked about the benefits and the uh, disadvantages uh sam about annuities we probably should have defined the different types because some of our listeners 
who are approaching retirement who do not, do not have them uh, don't realize there are different types of annuities, and, and as, as Andy and, and, and Luke touched on. So why don't we explain what uh, different types there are? Yeah, and that part really is fairly simple. An annuity is either um, deferred or it's immediate. I mean, that's it. You're either deferring payments on it until some later time or not taking payments at all, or you're triggering it for payments right away. So deferred or um, immediate. And then what you're going to get from there is it is either a fixed annuity or it is a variable annuity. And the words that go in front of the name say everything there. If it's a fixed annuity, that means that it has some sort of contractual guarantees. It either has a guaranteed rate of return on it for a guaranteed time period. Uh, it could have a guarantee in it that you can experience uh, stock market-related growth, but you will never experience any stock market-related losses. That would be an example of a fixed annuity. If it's a variable annuity, in its simplest form, folks, a variable annuity is basically a contract with an insurance company where they have mutual funds. They call them sub-accounts in the industry, but they have mutual funds that have this insurance company wrapped around the outside. Luke had mentioned that some annuities can get expensive. Variable annuities are the ones. Mm -hmm. Fixed annuities, unless you're unless you're loading it up with a bunch of riders that you may or may not need, in most cases you probably don't, um, those should not have a fee attached to them. That's a passive a passive savings tool. You shouldn't have a fee in that. Variable annuities um, are notorious in the industry for having just some of them just literally eye-watering levels of fees inside of them. So it's very, very important that you understand what's the motor that makes this thing go, what drives it. And most of all, if you're pursuing an annuity or mostly if, if an annuity is being recommended to you, what's the purpose of it? How does it fit in? And one other thing that I would mention, Chuck, in regards to annuities, if you if you don't understand the concept of an annuity or an annuity payment, think about your Social Security. Mm -hmm. That's basically a form of an annuity payment. It's not from an insurance company, but it's a guaranteed payment on a guaranteed time frame for the rest of your life. Yeah. Think of your pension. That is exactly, and a pension turns into an annuity. If you take the payment uh, portion of a pension, that actually now goes to an insurance company and it becomes a annuity where you're getting payments. So think of those two vehicles and you've got an idea of how one works. All right. So let's uh, talk a little bit here, uh, uh, Andy, about uh, whether you can withdraw money from an annuity at any time. Are there any restrictions? Well, certainly there are restrictions. Again, this is a contract. And so it does depend on what type of annuity you're using and how old you are. So if you are under the age of 59 and a half, just like a traditional IRA, even if the account isn't an IRA, the IRS still looks at it like you are taking money out of a retirement vehicle and there could be penalties for doing that, as much as 10% from feds and some additional from states. So just be conscientious when you are going into an annuity that you understand what the purpose of this money is for. Generally, it's there to marinate for a little bit. It's there to create an income stream for you later on or to make sure you and your spouse both have income um, streams later on. So 
just make sure that you are very familiar with what type of annuity you're using. Now, some fixed or fixed index annuities have provisions that you can take out 10% per year. Some of them are 7%. Some of them are 5%. Some of them are interest only. So just, again, make sure that you understand what is the reason for this money and what tool are we using and why. Ask questions, ask questions, yes. ask questions. Yes. And I would say that's probably the two of the biggest questions to ask if um, – if if some if, if an annuity is being recommended to you, yeah. I think the number one question I would ask first is why, right? First, what's yep. the purpose of it? Like right. purpose determines placement. What's the purpose of this annuity? Why am I why am I getting this? And then the second question would be, is this a fixed annuity, or is this a variable annuity? Right. And, and you, it, <laughs> whatever the answer to that is, then I would I would dig down deeper with the questions from there. But I think what's the purpose of it? How is this going to complement my retirement? Um, you know, my retirement portfolio, and is this a fixed annuity? Or is this a variable? Annuity. All right. So, Luke, do you pay taxes on withdrawals? You will, but what we first have to you make pay it, taxes on everything. Yeah, you pay taxes. <laughs> I guess on everything. that was a dumb question. <laughs> you pay taxes on taxes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Social Security, right? Um, so, first, we have to um, put annuities into sort of two different categories. So, first, being qualified money. So, any IRA or money that came from a four hundred one k that is in an annuity. Any funds that come out of there, whether it's in an annuity or somewhere else, is taxed at ordinary income, every dollar of the entire account. But now if we shift gears over to a non-IRA, or what we call a non-qualified account, then the process becomes very different. Um, there's a tax term called last in, first out, or the abbreviation for that is LIFO. And that just means that as that annuity grows, if it started at 100000 now you have $200,000, and you go to take $10,000 out of that account, well, you're taking the profits out first. So you're going to get taxed on that at ordinary income rates. But as the value gets drawn down to the amount that you put in, so in the case that I just used that $100,000 amount, then you would not be taxed on that um, amount and again, this is only in the non-IRA accounts. So an annuity can be a useful to it, uh, to it. An annuity can be a useful tool, albeit complicated. Um, it's a great uh, retirement planning tool. Just know the terms of the annuity contract. Um, if you're going to purchase one, like Sam was talking about, ask questions. Make sure you understand what's the reason, what's the purpose, um, because the terms and conditions can vary widely. And ensure that your advisor can shop around and they're not just selling you the, the one and only product that they have on their shelf, because um, that's really important in today's market. Absolutely. So, Sam, very quickly, uh, how can you help people answer those questions about annuities? By having you come in and just ask the questions. I mean, we are we are wide open and, and willing to answer any question that you might have. Uh, so schedule that appointment. Uh, give Rick a call at the office. Get in for a meeting. Uh, we've got an office in Green Bay. We've got an office in Appleton. If you can hear our voice, we've got an office within a very comfortable driving distance of you. And we'll just sit down and talk about it. And, you know, I have no idea whether an annuity is right for you or whether it's not right for you. It may be the best thing you could possibly do, and it may be the worst thing you could possibly do. We just have to have a chat and find out, does this fit for you, and what's the purpose? What are you trying to achieve? 
that then determines what instruments you should be thinking about using. Absolutely. And that number to call, no cost, no obligation. Get your questions answered about annuities and other matters of retirement. 866-203-7486. That's 866-203-7486 at Dual Financial Strategies. It's all about your retirement anywhere in the Fox Valley. Again, 866-203-7486 because it is true that purpose determines placement. And when we talked about uh, good and bad annuities or people hate them or love them, kind of sounds like Packer fans and non-Packer fans. Pretty much, yeah. Right? Pretty much. All right, uh, Sam, what's coming up uh, as we close the show? Well, questions from listeners are next, and we'll get to as many of them as we can right after this. Financial strategies, and uh, it's called your retirement. That's what it's all about. And uh, Chuck Caton for you, uh, and for your retirement. Uh, and on behalf of uh, Sam Duell, Andy Schooler, and Luke Van Abel, uh, we uh, appreciate you listening to this show each and every week, anywhere in the Fox Valley that you're listening to us, uh, because uh, the folks at Dual Financial Strategies are independent people of your best interest in mind when it comes to uh, giving you that retirement lifestyle review. So if you're in that retirement red zone, uh, give them a call at no uh, cost and no obligation at 866-203-7486. And I think we are going to start with Sam, the first question here, then we'll go to Andy and Luke and then Etal. So are you ready to go? Ready to go. All right, we'll go to Appleton. Jerry is there, and he's uh, turning 72 in November, he says. And uh, uh, when will I be required, Sam, to make my first RMD, required minimum distribution, and can I avoid uh, taking the initial withdrawal and the second withdrawal in the same year because he is uh, born so late? Um, well, it's at this point in time, the way that it is structured, it's the year that you turn 72 years old. You know, it used to be kind of that weird rule, Jerry, where you had to go at, <clears throat> excuse me, you had to go at 70 and a half, which was bizarre <laughs> the, most, the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. I have no idea who came up with that. And you could get into all sorts of really weird timing scenarios there, but, um, you take it the year you turn 72. Now, there is a little bit of a caveat there. If you wanted to defer taking that uh, until April of next year before tax filing time, technically you can do that, but that actually would put you into the exact scenario that you're talking about trying to avoid because if you did do that, you would have to take two withdrawals in the same year. We typically have people shy away from doing that unless there's some very, very specific tax reason that you would do it, um, but literally... Uh, take it this year, take your required minimum distribution this year, and then go ahead and take it as as it should be next year. What will happen, Jerry, if you're figuring that yourself? Take a look at what your uh, uh, IRAs were valued at on 1231 of 21. Uh, it's always 1231 of the previous year. Um, divide that by the lifetime expectancy factor. When you come in for your retirement lifestyle review or get you a copy of the book, I've got all of those tables in there for you. Um, but then, yeah, go ahead and take your withdrawal this year and then do another one next year. I would tell you, uh, your birthday's in November. Uh, I would get that thing done sooner rather than later if I were you because you got to remember that these companies are processing God knows how many tens of hundreds of millions of required minimum distributions and a lot of people wait until late in the year um, and things can get gummed up just because of the sheer volume of it yeah that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize i'm a couple of years away from it myself and i'm kind of puzzled by it i actually talked to my financial advisor about that and when to do it and uh, then you got to give some time 
for the companies to be able to figure it all out. Let's go to yeah. Green Bay now, and uh, Norm is there for you, Andy, and uh, wants to know. Uh, he says, uh, I've got some money uh, to leave my children after retirement and my passing. Uh, if I have a million dollars saved at retirement and I apply the 3 or 4% rule and only take withdrawals at that rate for the rest of my life, uh, will my initial investment be uh, still be a million dollars after 30 or more years of retirement if I invest in a 50-50 stock bond scenario? Well, I sure wish I had a crystal ball and I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. No I apologize. I do not. Um, you know, Norm, what I would say is if you are concerned about risk in your portfolio and whether or not that's going to be sustainable or not, hop onto our website, dualstrategies.com, and go to the upper right-hand corner, get into the um, hyperlink there that's for Riskalyze. It says, what's your risk number? Spend a little bit of time going through that, and let's find out exactly how you kind of feel about your money and what ups and downs look like for you. I don't know that stocks and bonds are the right investment for you. One thing, if this if this money is retirement money, and so I'm not entirely sure if that is IRA money that you're saying, or if it's just you know money that you've saved. So that could have a little bit to do with it. But you know, like we were just talking about with required minimum distributions, as you take those out, there are other tools that might be more beneficial to your children or children grandchildren like using some sort of a life insurance strategy that could be coupled with long-term care for you so if that's the case then you could take money out because you're going to be forced to take money out of your required minimum distributions you could consider seeing if you can qualify for one of these plans and that way you would actually leave your kids or kids and grandkids with tax-free death benefit proceeds as opposed to potentially high taxable um, events for them because they're going to be forced to take that money out in guaranteed 10 years it has to be out or they can do a lump sum distribution but that would really change their their personal tax um, returns because if they are taking a lump sum and you know depending on how many kids you have a million dollars divided by two still 500,000 if the kids took that out in a lump sum that would significantly impact their tax return that year so having a conversation with them as well and getting them kind of on board with what's out there but you know looking at some different options or different tools might be a better strategy overall all right let's go to uh, Swamico now Phyllis is there and uh, she says my spouse and I are 70 and 67 years old respectively and retired we have a fixed and variable annuity and I want to know, is this a good investment uh, for monthly income? Uh, because we might uh, sometimes need some extra money for home maintenance, Luke. Hi, Phyllis. Um, not knowing the details of each of those fixed and variable annuities, it's hard to say how good of an, an investment those are. But what I can say is that annuities can provide a stable source of income, which is helpful for those um, in retirement, for you, for your husband. Um, a couple questions I would have is, how much of your living expenses are being covered by those tools right now and what other assets do you have um, because having other assets that are liquid that aren't limited in, in the amount that you can take out or if you're taking some sort of income benefit from those accounts um, by taking a one-time disbursement to cover home maintenance or some other um, 
you know, expense that pops up in your life that's unforeseen can reduce those payments down. And in some cases, you don't even have access to do that. So one of the things I'll caution um, you and other people to is that annuities are often sold. And so putting all of your eggs in one basket is always, um, you know, not advised. So be sure that you've got other other funds in other areas that you can pull from should an emergency arise and you wouldn't be in a situation where you had to pay some erroneous fee in order to take your own money out because you didn't have another place to pull from. All righty. Melvin's in brilliant, Sam, and uh, he wants to know, I recently heard you mention stretch IRAs and how uh, they don't uh, any longer exist. So what happened to them and is there an alternative? Well, government is what happened to them, Melvin. That's a, they were a victim of the Secure Act uh, that passed in uh, late 2019. Uh, so, what a stretch IRA used to be was with your IRA. When you passed away and that went to your children, they could elect to re- continue to receive distributions out of that based upon their life expectancy instead of yours so obviously um they have a much longer life expectancy so the payments were less what stretch ira did was allowed that it was eliminated with secure act and now if you pass that ira to a non-spouse beneficiary i.e kids or anybody that's not your spouse they are required to remove that money within a 10-year time frame and i would also tell you melvin this applies to the term ira so it doesn't make any difference whether it's a roth ira or a regular ira which forcing the distribution of a roth ira which is Mm tax-free over 10 years is as most government things are stupid Mm -hmm. it makes no sense whatsoever but they require it nonetheless so is there an alternative um you know unfortunately no, I mean there really isn't much that you can do to get around that. Yeah, you can spend either, it all. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good alternative. You know, or as as Andy had mentioned uh, before, if you're looking at legacy planning, that could be a position where you might, if you qualified for it, just look at a reasonable life insurance policy mm. to give the kids up front. So that would help. Uh, you know, help defer the uh you know the pain of the taxable consequences of them having to receive that money in such a short period of time so there's some you know there's some kind of alternatives to it but from a pure perspective of can i not do it the answer to that would be no unfortunately all right very quickly jane andy wants to know from stockbridge should i consider investing in an annuity or stick with a long-term stock portfolio if i don't like uh, unreliability of the current market Well, I'm going to swoop in on this one, Chuck. This is Luke. Hi, Jane. Um, How much um, do you not like the unreliability of the market, I guess, would be my first question, because I I feel like in in talking to families and talking to individuals about retirement, nobody really likes the unreliability or any volatility in the market. But just how much would determine, you know, how how much how good of a tool this would be for you potentially? Another way to ask this is how much money would you be comfortable with your portfolio, whatever that nest egg is right now, going down, you know, and at what dollar amount down would you just say, man, I have reached my uncle point. And if that's, you know, a a relatively small number on what you have, then, you know, an annuity should be considered. Um, And I think you should 
try to find an independent firm like we are that's going to work in your best interest that can shop around and find top solutions that will um, ask you a variety of questions that will educate you on this tool and help you make the right decision um, and also not sticking all of your assets in it even though it might be let's just say it is the perfect um, tool for you because of your risk tolerance and a variety of other reasons um, making sure that we're really doing what's in your best interest ultimately jane and that's what uh, dual financial strategies is all about and again uh, you can reach them by either uh, uh, the email route of uh, going on their website uh, dualstrategies.com or giving them a call at 866-203-7486 that's 866-203-7486 it's no cost no obligation sit down and talk with either sam andy or luke about your retirement plans because it is all about your retirement. And again, uh, Purpose Determines Placement. That's uh, Sam's book uh, that he will uh, grace you with uh, when you come in for that retirement lifestyle review. So make that appointment at 866-203-7486. And uh, you'll be happy that you did anywhere you're listening to us in the Fox Valley. I know you've got some final thoughts here, Sam, as we wrap up the show. Hey, just a great show today. Uh, Great questions from all of the listeners, and we appreciate you tuning in to us, and we'll uh, catch you here same time next week. Investment advisory services offered through Dual Financial Strategies, LLC, a Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Dual Financial Strategies does not provide legal or tax advice. Investment advisor representatives of Dual Financial Strategies may only conduct business with residents of the states and jurisdictions in which they are properly registered. Insurance and annuity products are sold through Dual Financial Strategies.